Welcome, spooky friends. And welcome to October, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't fly on any planes today. <laughs> Would not recommend. Yeah. That's, we're talking about haunted planes today, in case you hadn't noticed. <laughs> so, before we get to that, though, Kat, we started our Patreon backup, and... We have new patrons. Yay! So we have, I believe it's Deanna. And so Deanna B, we have Paul. We have Kelly G, Tamara L. We have Kara, which I believe was in our Patreon before. Kara W and Bethany T. Christy C, Matthew B, and Roxanne F. Roxanne. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure Roxanne was was a patron before yeah. as well. I feel like we are missing all the Tinas, though. <laughs> yeah, we used to have several <laughs> Tinas, which was hilarious because my sister was on the show at the time, and it was really... I mean, Tina, my sister. Because Brick was also, and she's my sister also. I have a lot of sisters. You do. I also have Rachel, but she's never been on the show. <laughs> so, and then I have Decker. Which is my brother, my only brother, half-brother. And he's not been on the show. I don't think either one of them want to be. <laughs> so yeah, thanks you guys for being patrons of ours. Um, Ultimate fans. They are so awesome. Yeah, like a pretty good mix. Some of them are only on the first tier, so they get the... Um, the bonus episode each month. Some of them are in the second tier so that they get uh, the zine. I don't know if you guys know what a zine is, but it's like a mini magazine. It's like a, it's one sheet of eight and a half by 11 paper that you print your whatever on. For me, it's usually poems or stories or informative little documents. And then you fold it up in a certain way so that it, it creates a little book. It's like a little mini booklet and they're so cute. Mm-hmm. And the people on my second tier get that every month from me. And then the third people, they get to actually talk to Kat and I once a month in a zoom call for 30 yep. minutes. Yep. We meet with them right before we're going to record Sunday afternoon, usually about two 30. So if you guys are free on Sunday afternoon, noons at two 30 Eastern time, you, Eastern time. Yes. Uh, you should join the, the Patreon. Do the third tier and then you'll get to talk to us every month. Yeah. <laughs> and we can talk spooky all year long. And th- those conversations can get pretty hilarious and interesting at the same time. So mm. Yeah, we we don't we're not fake people. We we're just who we are and you know We're so- real, yo. <laughs> right. So if you get on that Zoom call you're just literally chatting with us for half an hour. You and several other people. Raw yeah. and uncut. So. Yes, right. We do edit a lot, so you'll get a taste of the true unedited version. God help you. So, um. <laughs> Discover the true behind true hauntings. And right? Nice. I like that. So, yeah. I'll be here all guys. week. so today haunted airplanes now in all fairness i do avoid airplanes at all costs anyways Um, really i i hate flying absolutely hate flying 
It's not my favorite, but I don't have a fear of it. You know what my problem is? Okay, you guys, I don't know if you know this from pictures or something, but... But I get bet we're going to find out. My ears are large, okay? They stick out from my head. It is what it is. I can also wiggle them, so there's that. But <laughs> um, I, I, I'm convinced that because of the anatomy of them, the inside of them, you know, I cannot pop my ears. So when I get on a plane, it's painful. It's painful. Taking off and landing hurts. That sounds super uncomfortable. Yeah. And I just can't pop them. They just have to regulate slowly over the next day or two. So it takes me a couple of days to get rid of the ear pain when I fly. I try my damnedest not to walk on the plane when it's in flight because it sends my vertigo into another world and I feel like I'm then walking on that plane for like a week and a half afterwards. It's awful. Wow. Yeah, that would be no no good for me. Mm-hmm. I get the same thing if I ride on an elevator too often. Hmm. Ugh. You know, Brick gets motion sick on airplanes, like to the point of throwing up. So I just hate airplanes. That's brutal. Yeah. But you throw a ghost on an airplane (laughs) and now we're in for some shit. One of our followers messaged or commented or something and said that they um, have heard some good ghost like haunted airplane stories. That's what gave us the idea to do this episode. So um, I'm hoping that he sends us his story so we can read it on one of the yeah, on one of our shows. So uh, I went to a website. I will include it in the show notes, the link. And this website had, I think it's the top eight um, haunted plane stories, Mm -hmm. paranormal plane stories. And so I'm just going to read through a few of these, or I'm going to read through all of them. But the top one is a really good story. And Kat um, researched it for us. So once we get down to number one. It was too good not to have the full details on. Yeah. So once we get down to number one, uh, Kat's going to take over and she's going to tell us all the details of that one. So the first one I've got is the girl on the radio. So it says a flight instructor was with his student on the final approach into Orlando Executive Airport. Suddenly on the emergency frequency, they heard a young girl say hello repeatedly as if searching for help. The instructor responded to her, but heard nothing back from the voice. Later, he found out that a young girl had been had stolen an aircraft from a flight school and subsequently crashed it and died a few months before. Mm-mm. Mm. That reminds me of those stories you hear from 911 dispatchers where they get phantom calls. Yeah. That reminds me of that, only with airplane, you know, radio. The next one is wrong input. On an ordinary working day, a pilot inputs the normal approach coordinates for landing on the data screen. Suddenly, a random message appears. Don't you wish you knew what this means? He showed the captain, who confirmed he had seen it too. They reloaded the approach, and everything went back to normal, but no one could explain what had occurred or why. See, like, what... Why gotta be all cryptic? That's very Matrixy. Mm-hmm. I feel like <laughs> you know, like don't you wish you knew what this means? Well, 
what? Well, <laughs> like, yes, yes, I do. Are you going to tell? Oh, no, you're not going to tell me. Okay, well, let me just continue my day then. Thank you very much. That ghost was being very mysterious. So the next one is the flight attendants. A young flight attendant was persuaded by her family to retire from flying after the Lockerbie disaster in 1988. Her mother had a recurring dream that her daughter would be killed in an airline accident. So the young lady gave up her dreams and worked successfully as an accountant for many years. Her office was at the World Trade Center in New York, where she tragically died on 9-11. Aww. Wow. So her mom thought that she was dying in a plane accident. And technically she did, but it was, yeah. That's sad. That's very sad, actually. Like, what if she just kept being a flight attendant? Yeah. But would she have ended up on one of those planes? I don't know. That's Mm. just sad. This one says the guest passenger... At a well-known airline in the UK, a cabin crew was approached by an elderly man in the galley. He asked her to pass a message to a woman on board the aircraft, saying, I'm okay. The cabin crew did so, and the lady seemed confused. She pulled a photo from her bag and asked if this was the person she'd spoken to. The cabin crew confirmed that it was, and the lady replied, saying that her husband, who had died, was, in fact, being carried in the hold. Alrighty. Well, I mean, that's kind of sweet. It's sweet, but that is freaky weird. Yeah. So his body was... was Under the plane. Yeah. Carried in the cargo or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he appeared to someone and told them to give her that note that he's okay. Oh my gosh. That reminds me of on my nanny's funeral, Mm -hmm. the day of her funeral, I caught an EVP that said, I'm okay. Don't forget about me. And I caught it in her house on the day of her funeral. As if we could forget about nanny. I know, right? Why would she even feel the need to say that? I could never forget. So then we have the newlyweds. The couple had just started their honeymoon in Europe, and unfortunately, the husband had a heart attack and died. The coffin was repatriated back to Florida, it was thought. However, the wife was on the flight. Her husband was not. What? The coffin remained unlocated for five days until it was finally found at the couple's local airport, where it was in fact found to be empty. What? Where did the body go? Someone just took off with this dude's body. That's messed up. Wow. Wait, is he actually dead? I mean, it doesn't say. Maybe he just, like... It says he had a heart attack and died. Yeah, but what if he faked a heart attack in order to get out of his new marriage that he decided (laughs) was not an ideal situation? I mean, the honeymoon is awfully early to be doing that. (laughs) I don't know, man. That's weird. That's a weird one. This one is called The Children. Now, see, children are creepy as crap to begin with. Kids shouldn't be on planes. Oh. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you have to travel with kids, what are you going to do? Put them on a train and you'll get there when you get there. Oh, my gosh. You're one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we had to fly in a plane when my kids were little because my middle son, Devin, is autistic and we were taking him for doctor's appointments and stuff. And 
I was so nervous because I was afraid that he was going to have a tantrum or have a meltdown on the plane. And so I brought a bag of things to help, to help him. And it ended up being okay. And all I did was tell the people near us that he's autistic and we're first time on a plane and we're going to do the best we can. And everybody was super nice and it all went fine. But yeah, it's nerve wracking to fly with kids. It is. So this one's called The Children. It says, During a flight in cruise, the captain noticed on the Boeing 737's CCTV that two small children, a boy and a girl, were playing next to the cockpit door. He couldn't understand why they were there and why the cabin crew had not seen them. He called the senior, asking why the children were playing next to the cockpit door. She believed it to be a prank, so she ignored it. After a few times, the captain let it drop until they reached the hotel that evening, asking if the senior really had not seen them, as both pilots had witnessed the playing children. She said there were no children in the galley near the cockpit door at any time. See? Hard pass. <laughs> Would have been better if there weren't any kids on the plane at all right? that flight. Yeah, because then you could have been, like, super sure. Yeah. But I I watched a YouTube video that talked about that story in more detail. And they said that the the cockpit, like, messaged out to the um, crew and was like, get those kids away. Like, move those kids. Why are you letting that happen? And they radioed back and said, there are no kids. And he said, yes, there are. I can clearly see them on the camera. And they said, no, sir, there are no children. There's, we cannot move children. There's no children. We're standing here looking at it. There's no children at the cockpit door. And he was very confused. And he finally just gave up telling them to move these kids. And eventually the kids like went away, like they disappeared or whatever. So then when they landed, then the captain and stuff asked the crew and they still confirmed there were no kids. So it was more of an interaction than what they make it sound like. Pretty crazy. Okay, this one's the 737. An old Boeing 737 working for a low-cost airline in the UK was well known for call bells going off in the middle of the night and strange shadows and sightings in the galley and flight deck. Galley cupboards would open and lavatories would flush randomly. There were strange smells and unexplained drops in temperature. The aircraft had been hijacked in its former history and the airline captain was shot and killed on board. He loved his job and must have decided never to leave the 737. Eventually, the aircraft was retired from service and scrapped. <laughs> As it should be. Well, I mean, what would it be unsafe? unsafe? If it's the captain who loved his job, then maybe he would help, you know. <laughs> he is pushing buttons and turning knobs and doing all kinds of stuff. And we already have um, enough problems with flying. Well, now we're to the top story. So I'm going to read the little blurb, the little tiny blurb that they give. And then Kat is going to give us all the details. So it okay. says flight 401. Probably Mm -hmm. the most famous airline ghost of all time, the flight crew of Eastern Airlines Flight 401, which crashed into the Florida Everglades in 1972. After the accident, some of the galley was salvaged and used in other aircraft. Afterward, 
there were many sightings of the captain, Bob Loft, and the flight engineer, Don Repo, appearing in galleys, overhead lockers, and in the flight deck and warning the crew of aircraft issues. This continued until the aircraft's re-salvaged pieces were removed. So now you tell us, you tell us all the juicy details. I know. So we got the details. So this, this was the Lockheed crash that Mm -hmm. the mom was afraid of, you know, where she was like, Hey, I don't want my daughter being a flight attendant because planes crash and stuff. This was the Lockheed incident that she was referring to. And it was Eastern Airlines Flight 401, and it did crash into the Florida Everglades in December of 1972. It was an L-1011-1 TriStar, which was traveling from New York to Miami. Uh, According to the Aviation Safety Network, Eastern Airlines had 163 passengers and 13 crew members on board, totaling 176 occupants altogether. The flight was largely uneventful, but on approach to Miami, the flight crew had become fixated on a faulty indication in the cockpit. They had not realized that the autopilot was disconnected, which ultimately caused the plane to lose altitude and crash. Although 75 people survived the accident, it still resulted in deaths of 101 occupants, including Captain Robert Loft, who went by Bob, and flight engineer Donald Repo, who went by Dawn. It was the first fatal crash, including not only the Lockheed TriStar, but indeed a wide-body aircraft of any kind. The tragedy was also the second deadliest plane crash in U.S. history at the time, although today it now ranks 16th in place. And again, this was in 1972. So now it's down to the 16th most deadliest plane crash. Um, again, not <laughs> flying on planes. They don't crash that often, though. But when they do, you're going to die. So days later, the wreckage of the aircraft was retrieved from the swamp, and some of its parts were able to be salvaged, including a galley. Those still in a sufficiently usable state were used again on Eastern Airlines' fleet. After this, sightings started of Bob and Dawn standing in the aisle, cockpit, and galley. And just so you guys are aware as well, um, this is pretty common. If flights go down and there there is substantial damage, there you go through all the different plane parts and find mm-hmm. the faulty stuff. Um, and then anything that was not affected and still deemed usable, which obviously they go through rigorous testing to make sure that it's safe, they will reuse plane parts on other planes as replacements yeah. or backups and stuff like that because it's very expensive to build planes. So some spooky sightings uh, include the vice president of Eastern Airlines was on a flight from New York and chatted with a pilot who he assumed was in charge of that sector. Later, he recognized that the pilot, the pilot he'd been speaking to was in fact Bob. How could this have happened? In any case, it was far from the first time that the deceased pilot had supposedly been spotted after his death. Wow. Right? I know. Another time, a captain was asked to check on a passenger in first class who was in a pilot's uniform. The senior flight attendant said that he was dazed and unresponsive when spoken to and was not on the passenger list. The captain recognized him as being none other than Bob, 
Flight engineer Don Repo is also said to have appeared on board flights in a strange, supernatural manner. Meanwhile, a flight attendant on a New York to Miami flight, the very route of the December crash, opened an overhead locker to find Bob's face peering out at her. Ooh, no thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on another flight, a flight attendant is said to have seen Don's face in the oven door. She called two of her fellow crew members in to witness what she had seen. He reportedly then said, watch out for fire in this plane. Oh my gosh. On the returning flight, an engine failed and had to be shut down before it caught fire. Oh my gosh. On returning to the galley, another flight attendant saw an engineer fixing the oven. She asked the flight engineer later about the oven and he said he hadn't fixed it and it didn't need to be fixed. Who could have this have been? As you might expect, later she picked out from some photos that Dawn was the engineer she had seen. On another day, a crew was in the cockpit of an aircraft when they were said to have seen Don sitting with them. He warned them of a faulty electrical circuit, which was then found and replaced. There were also reports of Bob having been seen doing his pre-flight checks of the aircraft and telling the ground staff he'd already completed them. The pilot was unnerved by what had happened and canceled the flight. Mm. Wow. A ghost got a flight canceled. While in the cockpit one day preparing for the flight, another pilot heard a loud knock from underneath the floor um, below him. He opened the trap door to see a vision of Dawn looking at him, which then promptly disappeared. He wanted to look further and reportedly found a problem that could have caused a serious accident. Mm. Although the sightings were reported in a Flight Safety Foundation publication, the Eastern Airlines CEO dismissed the claims and employees were warned not to talk about the sightings. The crew had previously been encouraged to report every incident pertaining to the flight in the aircraft logbooks, and many sightings were recorded. Mysteriously, the logbooks started to go missing from the aircraft. Mm. Eventually, all the salvage parts were removed from aircrafts, and neither Bob nor Don were ever seen again. Listen, I got no problem with Bob or Don. If they want to be on a <laughs> flight that I'm on and warn the crew that there's a problem, I'm good with that. Like, right? you know? So here's the flip side of this, too. This all started because of a, like they said, the, the, the indicator in the cockpit it was a light indicating that the autopilot was disconnected. Um, that's what that, it was a flashing light and it said your autopilot's disconnected. That's, that's what the flashing was indicating. Turns out that that light was not, so it was just the light itself that was faulty. The autopilot was working just fine. Um, everything else on the plane was absolutely fine, except for that light. There was actually a, a fuse shortage for that light bulb specifically. Mm. Um, so the plane crashed because of an overcorrection because they thought the, that the, the autopilot wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like a really big huh of, yeah. the, of the whole thing too, was that it wasn't even anything major on the plane that was faulty it was just it was just a little light indicator mm-hmm. but th- what it was indicating wasn't actually wrong or anything like that and then yeah just all the salvage parts i think the salvage parts went to like 
eight or nine different planes, mm. something like that. And so it was just like, oh boy. Yeah, that's wild. I saw a YouTube video of uh, where they were talking about a man who used to work as a flight attendant on one of the planes that was very, very haunted by this. And mm-hmm. he reported some of the stuff that he himself witnessed. He said that they would often see female flight attendants walking around, but in old uniforms for the other flight that crashed, you know, and then they would disappear or, or they would leave the room and they'd be gone or whatever. And, um, phantom smells like, I guess the smell of the cologne that the engineer would wear, they would smell that on the airplane and they would cite the captain sometimes. So yeah, they, he had a lot of stories from working on that. Joke's on you. That's just motor oil from the engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, apparently airplanes can be haunted, too. And those haunted, those, those haunted parts can continue on. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what they did with them after that. You know, they removed them because the stories wouldn't stop and they wanted them to stop. So they finally just took the parts out. And then guess what? The sightings did stop. Mm-hmm. Crazy man! If you need yeah. proof that paranormal stuff really exists, that ghosts really do exist, there you go, man. That's crazy. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. And I, I think too that they probably just scrapped all the parts, like they, you know, put them in for recycling kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Because if you're taking them out because they're haunted, <laughs> it's not like mm-hmm. you can put them in another plane, and you know, you're just gonna have the same issue. Yeah. So. But again, not a fan of flying. <laughs> Do not recommend. We, uh, we got Steve that. loves flying. He absolutely Does loves he? it. He he has so much fun. And funnily enough, we've we've flown but never together since hmm. we've been since we've been together. We've never actually flown together. <laughs> now, I don't enjoy the experience of flying per se, but what I enjoy is a 16-hour drive to Florida cut down to two hours flying. That's what I freaking enjoy. I can be in Ohio at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I can be at Florida Orlando International Airport by noon. It's amazing. Look, I'm not saying that flying doesn't have its benefits. It absolutely does. Mm -hmm. I just really do not like doing it and yeah. will try and avoid it at all costs. So I don't travel much. <laughs> yeah. I, the whole um, security line and all that intimidates me because <laughs> I feel like I, I look nervous anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, how are they going to know that I'm just nervous because I'm dumb versus nervous because I plan to do something terrible? You know, she's nefarious. Yeah. Don't trust that one over there. One time I got pulled from the line so they could scan me in that full body scanner. <laughs> my favorite like, is, is so many people ask me because my, you know, my face is very covered in piercings and I have, mm. I have earrings in all my ears and stuff like that. And so there is like, how do you get through airport security? Yes. Like, I go through the scanner because it's, you can very obviously see it and it doesn't set off any alarms or anything mm. like that because it's stainless steel. It's not, you know, the metal type that they're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Haunted airplanes mm-hmm. or just plain old spooky stories about missing bodies. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was a vampire. 
or a zombie. I still vote that he faked his death. It's mm. my vote. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, people do that sometimes. Crazier mm-hmm. things have happened. Mm-hmm. All right. We enjoyed hanging with you guys. Hope you like the content. And join our Facebook group if you want to chat with us often. Uh, join Patreon if you want spooky treats. And we will spook you later. Good luck on Friday the 13th, y'all. Indeed. Don't do anything crazy.